Welcome back to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is the 118th edition, episode 118. My name is Chris Salona, and I am sitting here with the lovely and talented Ethan Shalloway. Ethan, what's new around those parts? How are we doing? Chris, man, I'm doing good. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, we got a little bit of different setup going. New a shit has more, come to light. A little, little more ambiance. Yeah, new shit has come to light. So... I'm doing good. I got I got a new microphone, Chris. We've been bitching about it for a long time. Well, the fans knew about this because when I was in LA about a month ago, uh, Drew surprised. Well, he didn't, I mean, he didn't surprise me. We needed an- another microphone if you wanted to be on, so we went and bought one, and then he's let me take it home. But that required me to to buy a new laptop in order to use the interface. So I bucked up and I went and bought a laptop yesterday. Took the hit. And now all of a sudden we're inspired. I got yeah. the some nice lighting, got the microphone set up. Took me a little troubleshooting to make sure that everything was working. But um, I'm excited to see this one come to light. So I'm pumped up. I'm I'm in a really good spot, Chris. I'm doing good. How are you? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty jacked up to be doing this podcast right now. Uh, you said it yourself. Uh, the last uh, like couple of days or so, we're, we're really trying to commit behind the scenes to uh, yeah. you know uh, make some decisions and get some things done that will make the show better. Um, you know, we figure we've been doing it two and a half years. It's about time that we make some of those movements. So, um, as as they say, there are some big things going on behind the scenes right now. Uh, major announcement on the way, and some big things coming yeah. soon. Um, I'm I want to. I'm going to get my setup done pretty soon, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the moment and actually let the listeners in on a little uh, on, on what happened. So basically, we were so we have the Patreon that we're gonna talk about soon that people obviously support each month, and and they're probably like, why, you know, why haven't they bought microphones with that stuff? But we've been paying right. our, our producer Drew. Well, Drew took uh, took it upon himself to invest in the podcast, and he took basically he was furloughed for two months, and we used that money, and he. Uh, you know, he gave it back to us to buy microphones to make us to make yeah. us do that. So shout out to our producer Drew McFadden. Yeah, this is what uh, Drew's I'm sorry. All about. Yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm really sorry to him and everybody that took us so long. But you know that that's our game, Chris. Right. <laughs> you that's, know that's, that's the we game are. we play. <laughs> yeah, that's that the game we play. That can is going to get kicked way down that road. <laughs> um, so if it wasn't for your endless uh, support out there and then Drew's um, ability to invest in us. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be moving. We're moving upward. The, the, it's it's yeah. moving up. Well, and, Chris and, is going to have a brand new spanking mic soon, probably exactly. over the weekend or something like that. And it's going to be, it's probably going to make mine uh, look like a baby, uh, baby toys, you know? Yeah. We're going to try to try to get up into the big leagues, but this is kind of what we talk about uh, around here. Like everybody contributing. So Drew contributed um, 25% of his grunge Bible salary from 2023 thus far. Um, to you know, improvements for the podcast. That's a really big bottle of water. How many ounces is that thing? That's sixty-four oh, ounces. This is a a liter or a liter and a half. Yeah, it's fifty. It's a, it's one point five quarts, so one one and a half liters. Okay, fifty ounces if you want fifty. Fifty ounces, amazing. But if you're out there, you're probably listening. In liters is what you go by. So exactly. Um, so and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, Drew, the gauntlet was laid down, and Drew decided to take some action. Uh, in the same way that we've had many people over the course of this podcast take action and support us directly. Um, you mentioned it earlier, the uh, the Patreon is the best way to do it. And unfortunately, this is the week that the, the heater ends. We were on a little bit of a bender, um, a hot streak, if you will, of people joining the Joe Patreon. Joe DiMaggio type. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, we had an O for this past week. We have no new members of the Patreon, which I'm a little, little sad about. But you know, people are coming around in their own time. Uh, that's the thing, you know. Um, everybody, everybody kind of, kind of moves at their own pace, and they get to the destination. But um, we are very thankful for everybody that's chosen to support us on Patreon. Um, these improvements and the sustainability of this podcast would not be possible without your direct support. Um, we are sponsored entirely at this point by the people who choose to give us two, five, or ten dollars per month. And uh, as we like to do. I would like to thank our top tier supporters uh, who choose to give us $10 per month uh, on Patreon to keep this podcast running, and they are behind what we're doing behind the scenes to make this show better for everybody. Um, very, very humbled that people uh, choose to support us. So at this time, I would like to thank Eric Berry, Sherry Matthews, Epona, Keith White, Black Hole Sean, Alex Long, The Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce. Doug Endy, Corden Stewart, Kara Kay, Captain Hightop, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, Granny Grunge, Fuck Soup, Chris LSMS, Jamie Lynn, Carlene Salona, Jade Mercado, Laura Nyreen, Millie, Marianne, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, Seattle Four Fanboy from New Jersey, and What the Fuck is Up Denny. So thank you one and all uh, for your support. And um, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, Ethan, we... There's a lot of people who listen to this show, and that's a really cool thing. So if you're if you're listening right now, th- thanks for being here. There's a million other places you could be right now, but the fact that you're choosing to spend some time with us really means a lot. And we hope that you're continuing to get some enjoyment out of this show. It's it's a cool thing. It is, and as we talked about, we just hit our two hundred thousandth download the other day, um, which is really pretty significant, pretty yeah, cool. That's so two hundred thousand conscious choices that people have made to. You know, to to click on us and see what we're about. So, here's to the next two hundred thousand. Here's to the next two hundred thousand. Exactly right. Yeah, we're moving up and along. So, um, yeah. So this episode is gonna be pretty. Uh, I guess laissez-faire. We had a nice long episode with Eric Lederman last uh, last week, talking about some Soundgarden shows that he went to in person and a Nirvana show back in the nineties. So. If you are looking for a long-form episode and uh, and a guest, please go back and listen to that one. It's a great, great interview. Eric does an awesome job uh, being excited about to talk about music, so he makes our job easy. Uh, this episode is just going to be me and Chris talking a little bit more in depth about what music has taught us over the years and a few bands that uh, we want to shout out and just overall, like broad strokes, what music gets you thinking about and how it can, you know, help you cope, help you make decisions you know whatever it may be and we're going to get into that a little bit absolutely and and i think like this episode is is kind of the um explicitly stated version of you know the motivation and the driving force behind all of our episodes you know i mean music and and art uh are some of the greatest teachers that you have in this world um and it's kind of that you know the one class that you stay in your whole life you know you you graduate from school you enter the real world and you're learning the whole time and and music is right there to to teach you to encourage you and to be there for you um so this is this is going to be a really good conversation just to kind of chat about a lot of those things and um i feel like anytime we talk with somebody like eric uh it gets me thinking on this level that we're about to discuss today um and that's the cool thing and i think that's why we keep coming back to do the show and hopefully that's why you keep coming back to listen uh to us do the show absolutely um all right should we get right into it chris yeah let's get right into it so let's yeah we 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 should talk a little bit about um you know we've been listening to music 
for our whole lives, obviously, as, as all of us here have been. And uh, we've learned a great deal. So Ethan, like who, let's, let's talk about some artists that you've learned the most from, or that have kind of been the most impactful because it sounds in what, in a way it kind of sounds silly that, you know, an artist who you've never met can shape your worldview and kind of like hone who you are as a person. But that's what goes on. Um, that's what goes on when you find art of value. And uh, that's certainly, um, you know, who I am as a person. I've been molded by my family, my friends, um, you know, the lessons I've learned from them. But music has had a very, very active role, I think, in shaping, um, you know, me into who I am, who I want to be and, and, and what I believe in. Um, and it's a really cool thing uh, because, as I said, that education and, and those lessons that, you know, they... You can learn them every day. Every time you know you drop the needle on a record, you you learn something. Right, right. Um, and I think where I want to start is kind of taking. And I've talked about this before. We've talked about it um, with certain bands, but uh, music. What it, what it's done for me is made me appreciate the in betweens. Right. We talk about it a lot. I think Brian Sella of the Front Bottoms and Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse do an incredible job. Obviously, we talk about PD a lot, like built to spill type stuff. Maybe like Jay Maskus, um, but Modest Mouse, you know, we'll bring up specifically. We need to do a full episode on them. But um, you know, when I listen to them over the years, I feel like it's it's allowed me to figure out a way to endure the in betweens of life. You know, because not everything in life is a big event, right? And time's always changing. And honestly, most of your life is the mundane. You know, most of your life is is the stuff that is, you know, you're grinding out work, uh, you, you know, you're preparing food for yourself. There's, there's times where you're by yourself, um, you know, 80% of the time, basically. So, you know, these songs and like Midwest emo, emo is a great example. Like they talk about the small stuff and they talk about the mundane and like how to either turn that into a song, turn that into emotion, turn that into a lesson. And, that is really valuable because like i said life is all about the small things all about the the small interactions the in between and, and like i said the mundane so i think music is an awesome opportunity to kind of look at that and and even stuff that you think is important but it's not like we talk about the good times are killing me by modest mouse and he talks about you know doing you know staying up late drinking warm whiskey like drugs this and that and then just being like what you know when the next morning you're just like well i guess the good times are killing me it was a great time but you, you suffer from it but it's like it's also a small a small bit so um i'm assuming uh you probably have a similar similar thoughts on this as i do yeah um i'll say i discovered a lot of the you know the music of modest mouse and certainly pd and a lot of a lot of the bands and artists that you just mentioned i i think at the perfect time for me um much in the way that i think i started doing this podcast with you at kind of the perfect time um you know a lot of those artists that you just mentioned you're talking about the in-betweens and you know us being in our, our mid to late 20s you know we're getting we're getting up there a little bit into the late 20s here i'll be turning 27 in september uh, and you'll be 29 um you know, when you graduate college and when you grow up and you start working, um, you kind of lose the regimented lifestyle a little bit in the sense when you're in school, like there's always that next thing that's like a week away or two weeks away. And like everything is so close together. And it's like one thing after another, after another, and they're big goals, they're tangible things that you can get your arms around and you can feel. Um, and when you graduate and, and when you start working, um, you know, you might, you know, you move into an apartment or whatever, you're living on your own, maybe, uh, for the first time out of college, um, 
those those tangible things that exist they're a lot further out and as you said there's a lot more time in between those things and you know you have you have a choice to make you know you can just kind of focus on like that next thing that's nine months away like the big thing that you're looking forward to or you're building towards um but i think you miss out on a lot you miss out on you know a lot of development and a lot of experiences and um especially ethan modest mouse i mean you got me into them right around the time that we started this podcast. And in 2021 uh, was the year that we started the podcast and and the year that I, you know, my first full year, um, you know, back in Rhode Island, back from college and, and my activities after college. And I was really kind of starting to settle in a little bit and kind of decide like what I want my life to look like because time moves quickly and, you know, you settle in, like I moved into my apartment um, and, and kind of got set up that way. Uh, and it was the perfect music for that time. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, and what you just said is exactly what I wrote. Um, I grouped Modest Mouse, Isaac Brock, um, and, and Petey together. And just kind of like the lessons that you learn navigating life for the first time as at least what feels to me as a full-fledged adult where I'm out of school um, and I'm working and I'm setting up those long-term goals. But you know, in, in the middle, you're trying to learn, you're trying to grow and you're trying to have experiences and really solidify who you are and who you want to be for the people in your life. And I think there's a lot of emotions that come into play, um, you know, when you're when you're trying to trying to get those things sorted out. Uh, and, and it's a little bit of a roller coaster, as I'm sure everybody can relate to. Uh, you have those moments when you're up, those moments when you're down and those moments where you really don't know how you are and you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get those answers. And, uh, you know, those first Modest Mouse records, you know, this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about. The Lonesome Crowded West, Building Nothing Out of Something and The Moon in Antarctica. I, that year, um, I leaned very heavily on on Isaac Brock's words and it was perfect Good for news that time. for people that love bad news. Exactly. You know, and it's just uh, it's just real music, I think, for real common human experiences. And it's funny. Everybody has a different way of, of songwriting and, and, and writing lyrics, you know. A lot of them are kind of abstract where you can apply apply them to kind of whatever you want. But I think, you know, with Isaac Brock and with Petey, like those guys, like it's a lot more explicit in the sense that it's about, you know, specifics and, and day-to-day things that you encounter and the real things right. that happen to real people. And it's micro. Kind of, exactly. And, and and kind of it's it's very encouraging and it's comforting to hear people give voice almost to those specific thoughts. Um, that you have, you know, in a song like Lean Into Life by Petey, you know, where it's like you get all this free time and no fucking idea what to do with it. You know, you kind of got to get out there a little bit. Um, and I think those songs were really, really comforting and encouraging that, you know, hey, like just because things aren't happening all the time, uh, you know, big things aren't happening all the time. Like there's a lot there's a lot to be had and and you really have the agency to go out and make experiences for yourself. And I think it's OK to feel like you don't have that ability at times. And it's encouraging to hear, you know, people talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, I'm looking at the lyrics for, um, the good times are killing me. And it's like, got dirt, got air, got water. And I know you can carry on shrug off short-sighted false excitement. Oh, what can I say? Have one, have 20 more, one more's Oh, how it does not relent. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all, uh, you know, it's like break sometimes, yeah, you have the the everything of of life at your fingertips, but you get caught in the one wars, and you get caught in the like the the cycles of stuff, and and um, you know that's a part of life too. And 
breaking out or you know using it as something else is um, as inspiration is the best way to do it uh, best way to go around it and um yeah man i i, I love his music i love, I love all these all, all the music that we're going to talk about today but that was one of the ones i kind of wanted to start out with and and think about and i'm sure there's a lot more we could say about it <clears throat> about what we you know what it's taught us what the, what those bands have taught us but that's yeah. like broad stroke i feel like those, those that's what those bands do for me most of the time Mm-hmm. And and I think um, an- another thought that I had kind of about that point in your life where you discover music that makes you feel that way, when you when you start working and you settle in a little bit to your your day to day life, I think that is when like the pull of conformity is the strongest in your life. I think because college and and high school are these big things where it's like you get to decide who you want to be and you can make decisions for yourself for really the first time. And then when you kind of settle in a little bit. Um, you know, there's there's a very, very defined, I think, um, objectivity to what we are taught is success and what we are taught is progression. Um, and, you know, the song Modest Mouse's custom concern, you know, they got that part where it's like, got to go to work, got to go to work, got to have a job, uh, goes through the parking lot, fields, don't see no signs that they would yield and then thought this will never end, this will never end, this will never stop. And and that I remember hearing that the first time, like when I started having those feelings, like, okay, like my job isn't new anymore. My apartment isn't new anymore. Like my daily routine is the same, um, which is it's it's helpful because I think it, it helps me be efficient. But you kind of feel like you're missing out on, on some things and you don't have these grand things going on. But it's one of those things you still have that ability to create, um, you know, your own uh, your own path and, and, and your own ideals, I think, even if you feel kind of like you're being pulled towards that conformity a little bit. Um, so a lot of this music was really, really powerful uh, for me with like, hey, like, you know, you're not settling here. You're not, you know, you're not giving up. You're not waving the white flag. You know, you can still um, get out there and, and have great experiences and, and, and live interestingly, um, even though, you know, your your day to day actions might be similar, you know, Monday through Friday. Yeah, and it kind of—it's very—it's motivational to like listen to that and to know that when you're doing those, when you're doing the routine and you're doing the hard stuff, like that makes the other excitement all that more purposeful, you know. And that always gets me through like the work day and gets me through the the hard times. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're putting in the work to better yourself and to be down the road. You know, it's gonna—you know—this year will pass, these six months will pass. You know, this this shift will pass and need to do what you want and you know it's about that yeah. balance you know mm-hmm. that balance yeah kind of in the same breath and and a lot of these artists uh in in the area that i'm about to discuss um i don't think we're going to get very very deeply into because we talk about them all the time and th- that would be the artists of grunge but for me with pearl jam and eddie vetter uh like their music and ed's words to me are just a reminder um and just kind of the ethos that they bring especially in their earlier stuff and when you see them live like it's so encouraging to me. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from, from Eddie Vedder is that like, it is possible to do great things and to do big things. Um, and you know, like the, the mundane aspects of life and the day to day, they can wear you down like death from a thousand paper cuts type thing. And, uh, you know, you listen to, you listen to Eddie Vedder singing and, and, and the words that he wrote, um, it's such an uplifting feeling because it just reminds me all the time. And that's the feeling that drew me to that band in the first place. Pearl jam is that, you know, great things are possible and you can, you can make, you can make your mark and you can have an impact. 
um, you know, you're not any less qualified to do that than anybody else. So, you know, I still find myself, you know, when, when I might feel it, might be feeling the opposite of that. You know, I, I tend to get back to a little bit of Pearl Jam and, you know, I might watch some some live video uh, of, of them live. And and it's kind of a, a validation that you're like, hey, like I still have that great thing in me. Um, and there's a lot of musicians that kind of give you that feeling like, you know, almost like you listen to them or you go to a show and you watch this happen. And like you kind of get that like that lump in the top part of your throat where it's like you've got all this emotion that's ready to come out. And it's like, hey, like I have I have a lot, a lot inside of me that I can contribute. Uh, and it's kind of that encouragement to not be afraid to do that. Um, and yep. for me, that I think that's the biggest gift that Eddie Vedder's music has given me. Yeah, I wrote down. Uh, Pearl Jam and the Foo Fighters as like my they're like the macro view on all mm-hmm. of this you know if if emo and, and what we talked about all, that alternative side is like the micro then this is like the macro it's like the inspiring and it's the you know it gets you through the big life events where it's like it's so much to put into words and um, you know the Foo they, they have you know my hero and times like these and you know the lyrics and those are just I mean, the songs in general are just really big and they make you feel that like that you're above everything and it's like, you know, time stands still. Um, and like, yeah, and you know, in times like these, like I'm a new day rising, I'm a brand new sky. And I just love that. You know, I love I love how, like you said, it's motivational in the sense that you can do anything you want and have your heroes, have your people that you look up to. And, you know, we, we talk about release a lot. Release is a huge song and it's like letting big, events and big traumas like like pass you pass and to move on and be able to move on to the next thing and to not be held back and um, music music helps with all of that right these are the these are the reasons we turn to it a lot of the times yeah it really is and and it's funny i feel like uh, i always have this this tendency to kind of break down a lot of these these words and these artists into kind of two different camps where it's like you know, they, they've impacted me and they've taught me a lot about myself internally versus they've, you know, taught me a lot of lessons um, in, in terms of how I live my life externally. And I think like the the Modest Mouses, the Pearl Jams, um, even Counting Crows, Adam Duritz, it's a lot of like internal thought and and kind of getting that sorted out and, and, and finding your footing in the world. Um, but uh, two artists that I want to talk about briefly um, that have really taught me so, so much when it comes to uh, you know, how I live my life and how I treat other people, particularly family, um, and kind of going through that and, and dealing with the issues that might arise. Um, Bruce Springsteen um, and then uh, Dan Soupy Campbell from The Wonder Years. I think they're, 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 they're chips off the same block in the sense that they wrote so, so much about their family and being there for their family and protecting their children and maybe dealing with difficult relationships that they were born into. Um, and Bruce Springsteen for me is like, I mean, he's, he's taught me more, I think than any other artist that's ever, you know, that I've ever had the opportunity to listen to. And, you know, Bruce, he talks so much about, you know, healing from family issues and he had a really complicated relationship with his father, uh, which is something that I can certainly relate to. Um, and just, you know, his words in song and then his words in everything else that he's done, you know, his book that he wrote, um, once again, I, I, I discovered a lot of those things at the perfect time and it gave me the encouragement to kind of, uh, you know, let old ghosts kind of pass away and, and, and write a new end and, and feel empowered enough to do that, to uh, let things go and to forgive and to just, um, you know, uh, chart a new path for yourself. And um, 
think Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years does that so, so much. And it's interesting with him because a lot of his earlier stuff was writing about how, you know, he wasn't equipped to handle the things that were coming in his life, you know, um, marriage, family, kids, uh, you know, how do I raise these children when I have so much going on in my own head? And, you know, from the last 12, 13 years that he's written, um, he's had a family, you know, his kids are growing up and, and he writes about that kind of stuff. So it's, it's such a amazing thing to be welcomed into somebody else's head who's dealing with some things that you're dealing with and dealing with things that you are going to deal with at some point. Um, and, and it's just really encouraging, um, you know, just kind of, it's like that hand on the shoulder that, Hey, like a lot of these problems you're going to figure out and you're going to be fine and you're going to have the ability to heal and you're going to have the ability to be strong for the people you need to be strong for, even when it feels like you're not able to do, uh, you're not able to do that, um, given everything that's going on in your head. And it's just that kind of, um, um, that, that mix of, you know, objectivity with a little bit of magic in there. And, and, and they kind of really uplift you in that way. Um, a lot of lessons to be learned uh, from artists like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. I figured you'd bring up Bruce, talk about him and, oh yeah, you know, I, I kind of go towards like you two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very, very inspirational. I spent a lot of time, like that's something that was passed down from, from my dad. He enjoyed listening to you two a lot right. and you could tell, it had an impact on him, and I think that when I listen to that, you know, you learn because you try to connect the dots of how it inf- impacted somebody else. And I know we do that a lot too. And you go send me a song, like listen to this, and I kind of listen, like what what did he get out of it? And then you can kind of use that to kind of guide you and uh, through the song and through uh, the lyrics. Um, so yeah, very very good good points. Um, 100%. I love the fact that you just brought up U2 um, because that's a band that I I always go through these phases where like I will listen yeah. to nonstop U2 for like a week and a half and I'll get what I need from it and then I'll kind of forget about U2 and then when I'm dealing with a lot of those emotions I, I always find my way back to Bono um, and, and he's he's written some really, really incredible things. Yeah. Um, also in that same vein, kind of about the family and about who you want to be and and in in a way kind of that pearl jammy like you can do great things you know you think about like where the streets have have no name but um one song uh that i absolutely adore from u2 is a song called kite um which he wrote uh in the aftermath of the death of his father and he was kind of writing about how uh you know his father passed away and, and a lot of the emotions he felt towards his father he's a little worried that you know with his own children they're going to feel those emotions towards him um and just kind of coming to terms with the fact that, you know, when you when you love somebody and, and you nurture somebody and you're there for somebody, there might come a day where they don't need you to be that person anymore. And it's OK. Um, and the chorus in that song, it's, you know, I want you to know that you don't need me anymore. I don't want I want you to know you don't need anyone or anything at all. Um, but I know that this is not goodbye. And it's just kind of like the changing of the seasons. And that song is really, really powerful. And there were a few performances that he gave in the direct aftermath of the passing of his father, where, I mean, he's so emotional, his voice is breaking at different points in the song. And it's just that vulnerability, um, I think is in a way more encouraging and more powerful than even the songwriters might know at the time. Um, and it certainly was for me and it continues to be for me. Yeah. And what we talk about a lot is, uh, the ability for artists to be so vulnerable like you said, I, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they put, like, wear their hearts on their sleeves. And I think you, um, basically, that's what we're talking about. Like, you know, we're, the vulnerability of these people is what 
is therapy to us and that's what helps helps sure with is. whether whether it's exciting exciting news exciting ballads or if it's the opposite you know dealing with struggles and um you know one thing that uh another thing like uh, idea that i wrote about was like you know artists music that have passed away since we've been listening to them and how that changes the way you listen and learn from them and, and obviously we do with a lot in our genre um, I wrote down Towns Van Zant as well because the artists that die, I mean, they're older or um, as well, or like, you know, Johnny Cash or something. And, um, you know, they're dealing with, you know, they're a little bit, they're dealing with older age. But um, yeah, but you look at, you look at artists differently when they're, when they've passed away and you look at their music and, and um, I feel like you can learn a lot that way and things resonate a to- like in a total different sense. And um, yeah, I find, I find myself, I mean, that's anytime, you know, it's, it's weird. Anybody time someone's passes, you go back and you listen and then you're just like, oh, geez, like, here we go. Classes in session type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think as it relates to our genre, I think the biggest one for us uh, was when Chris Cornell passed away. I think that the entire perception of, of, of his words changed overnight, literally, um, you know, from, from, you know, when he was alive to when he was no longer with us. And, and it kind of makes you think about a lot of things. Um, but that theme of vulnerability, I think, is, is most present. And it's, and it's present in all of these artists and anybody that you listen to. And I think particularly for us as like men growing up in Western society, uh, I think vulnerability is a really good thing to practice. Um, and it's a really good thing to be comfortable doing because, um, I think that's the that's the most direct way I think to be supportive of other people. It's the most direct way that you can be supportive of yourself because vulnerability, I think, um, is honesty. And you know, if you're not honest with yourself, you can't be honest with other people. And if you're not honest with other people, um, you know, you're not going to have those relationships to get to the fullest potential of what they could be. Um, and that's something that's really, really important. And I think I underestimated as I was growing up, uh, you know, the, the degree to which I would need to be vulnerable about certain things. And, and you know, it's to, to hear all of these artists be completely transparent with, you know, what's going on in their own heads and, and put it down in a way that uh, we are able to listen to it. Um, it is, it's it's so encouraging and it's, it's so validating, I think. Um, and it's a great method of practice, I think, to, to become vulnerable because these people that we idolize, you know, for different ways, whether they were skilled musicians, great guitarists, whatever, great lyricists, um, something else that I admire in all of them is their ability to be vulnerable. Um, and that's something that I, I think I've intentionally tried to practice as I've gotten older um, because it can be hard. And I think the older you get, the more complex the problems are that you face. Um, and I have more time has passed, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot more baggage, you know, as the years go on. And uh, the more baggage you carry, the more tough situations you end up with, chances are, you know, the more shit that you have on you and the more stuff you have to deal with and, and, and the emotions are more complex. And, and just to kind of take that time to give those emotions their due um, and to process them and to work on the negative things within yourself uh, can really, I think, um, you know, bring you to new heights and, and make you just a better person. And, and I think that's what all this is about. It's about becoming a better person, you know, for yourself and for everybody around you. Uh, I think I think that's like the one common theme that exists in all of these artists and in all of their words and, and why I admire them so much and value what they were able to do. Yeah, when we 
you know, we talked about Chris and I want to bring up, you know, Chester Bennington because he was someone that I listened to a bunch, you know, growing up, but maybe didn't, um, because of my young age or just, and just the music didn't like deep dive or like really take much notice. But then when he passed away, all of a sudden you consume it differently and like, and obviously, you know, how he died and like you, you try to like figure out, you know, put the clues together and whatnot. And, and I think that is always such a, you know, you want to at least kind of live on and, and, and think about their decisions and where, you know, how it Im- impacted their lives and then kind of work through it. So I think, you know, that's a good way to look at it and to, to learn from, you know, all these people. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of them. Um, and then one last, <laughs> one last thing you can learn. I think, uh, we got to get into break stuff by Limp Biscuit. Um, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> uh, Limp Biscuit, you know, the new battle, it just, it just teaches you so much <laughs> about how to rage and how to be, you know, really upset with, uh, society and, and people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. It would be fun to try and uh, try and break down some l- the lyrics of yeah Limp Biscuit and some of the we totally uh, could corn. It's all, it's all in the eye. It's all in the ear of the listener and the mind of the listener. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I'm I'm sure there's people out there that have listened to listen to break stuff or or something to that equivalent and gotten a lesson out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, and, there's and, a release. There's definitely a release of like you said, just like um, emotional stuff, like anger and like all that stuff, where you get you listen to really heavy. You can listen to really heavy music, and it elicits that response. Well, here I'm. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to get something from that kind of music. I, I think um, you're just a lot of times with big emotions, whether it be anger or sad, anything. Um, you have the tendency, I think, to 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 curb those emotions and to kind of downsize them a little bit and make them easier to handle, but. Uh, when you do that, you're not dealing with the entirety of it. So a lot of time, I mean, these these anger is a big emotion. Everybody feels it at times, and I think it's important to let yourself feel that way. Um, and and certainly in those songs, I think that's a great, <laughs> just, great it's a great case study of that. Um, and, and and I think you know you can't shy away from any sort of emotion. You can't downsize anything artificially because anytime you downsize something, you're not dealing with it on its whole level and you know, you downsize it, you deal with the downsized version of it, but like the other part that you chose to ignore or you chose to kind of push away to the side, it's always going to be there. Um, so you have to kind of take things, um, you know, at the size at which they're presented to you. Um, and I think they certainly had a knack of doing that, all of those artists oh, yeah. in that area. So, um, that's, I think that's a good lesson that you could, you could kind of derive from the, uh, the new metal <laughs> angry scene. <laughs> oh yeah. It's important. Um. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, is there is there anything else that uh, you have on your mind around this, these subjects? There's one that's kind of at odds with um, a lot of what I just talked about, like doing big things and like creating these really really grand things. And 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 um, the lesson that I learned from this musician isn't even anything having to do with their lyrics, um, but just kind of the style with which they approached their music. Um, and that's from the uh, the old blues artist Junior Kimbrough, and he he said one of my favorite quotes um, about music um, that I've ever heard. And somebody somebody was interviewing once and they were they were talking to him about his songs and he was like, You see, all of my songs, they just have the one chord. If I find another chord, I save it for another song. Um, and kind of that art of simplicity a little bit. And you can still 
Um, you can still do really, really awesome things with simple ingredients and even simple efforts can be uh, powerful and they can be really, really important. And I listened to his music and I'm like, holy shit, this sounds really good. You know, some of my favorite blues stuff, I think he was an incredible guitarist, blues guitarist, but um, objectively it was really simple. Um, it was just up and down the neck. I mean, it's 12 bar blues. It's not, it's, it's one of the easier things that you can do. You know, you're just taking that chord position up and down the neck at different points. But you know, when you have, when you, when you approach something the right way, even though it might be simplistic, um, it's really powerful. I mean, you can make the same case about any, any of the three chord and the truthers out there. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of Nirvana's guitar work from Kurt Cobain is, is kind of poppy. Um, but it's, it's efficient and it, it, there's simple ingredients that they're easy to kind of um to replicate but like you know they used that simplistic style as 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 a vehicle i think for a lot of their emotions within them so i think you know anytime you start thinking about these big things and i want to do this this huge thing and and create something really really complex i think it's important you know you got to be reminded sometimes that you don't you don't have to do this humongous thing to get a really good result and to and and to have a really positive impact sometimes it's something really simple um and i think that kind of has a parallel, Ethan, in a lot of what we do athletically. Um, you know, when you want to get better at something, you know, it's like uh, I, could, I, could, I could train for four hours on Monday, but I'm going to be cooked by Thursday, you know. So it's, mm -hmm. it's little efforts over a consistent period of time with simple ingredients. Um, and when, when you're consistent with something like that, uh, you can master those simplistic movements and those simplistic techniques, um, and you can end up creating something in the long run that's really, really, really profound and really special. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Simple, the simple stuff goes a long way. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, the last, last thing I'll say in general overall is, you know, music has taught me a lot about like cooperation. And you watch you watch bands come together and produce a record, and it takes a whole year, you know. And then you got to deal with producers, you got to deal with, and there's patience involved. And then there's, you know, high tension between the bands. Bands split up, come back together, and finish the album. Like, um, you know, music is a collaborative effort. And when and when people get done and they go, "This is a masterpiece," like this is my heart and soul. This is everything I put into it. And everybody in the band saying the same thing. They work together and like sleepless nights, all that stuff. Um, you know, it reminds me, it reminds me that like working in groups and with people and can be extremely rewarding and you have this final product that you just want to show the world. So, um, I think that's the collaborative side of music is, is a beautiful thing. It's uh, it's difficult, but, um, it's super rewarding. So I think that's what always like what I enjoy. Like there's a group of five people that are in it together. You know what I mean? And they're, they're mm -hmm. making it work. They're doing their best to, you know, that's their team. That's their, their, their office. And, uh, yeah, I love that. I think that's really important to, uh, you know, praise to give praise to, cause it's hard. Yeah. And there's a lot of patience and trust that goes into something like that. And something that I personally really struggle with is just, keeping my mouth shut and just listening um, and music on a whole has, has, has hopefully made me better at just um, being quiet and listening to what other people have to say and, and really, really listening and like, you know, not trying to do anything else at that time. And I think, you know, these bands, that's, 
that's how that's how you get better. You know, you listen to somebody else's ideas, um, you listen to their perspectives, um, and you can you can learn a lot. You know, if 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 you're not always trying to put something out, you can let something come to you. Um, and certainly, I, I think in terms of creating music, um, that's that's a really really huge part of it. And and just having the trust that the people around you are going to be able to contribute and that you're going to be able to get something out of that. Um, that's a really really good point. I like that one a lot. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, give you a lot to think about, a lot to go out and listen to, and and uh, you know, challenge yourself and ask you what has music taught you over the years, and what lessons have you learned, and uh, get back to us whether in the comments or you know messages, and we'll absolutely you know, yeah those keep are, talking about it. Those are the questions of the day. What has music taught you, and who in the music world has taught you the most? Hmm. Absolutely. So if you're still listening, thank you very much. Thank you for making it to the end. Um, if you aren't listening, well, you don't hear this. So sad, sad we lost you, but we'll yeah. do better next week. Um, Chris, I believe we have some songs of the week that we need to take care of. Uh, yeah, would you good. like to go first? Do you have one ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so a few days ago, I was able to see the mighty boy genius live and in color. Um, and I, I love, I love and adore all of them. Uh, Phoebe, Lucy and Julian, especially Julian. Uh, I'm obsessed with her, but it was really cool. Um, it was, uh, it was just a really, really powerful show. Uh, I spent a lot of time with their music, uh, individually and collectively as boy genius around the same time that I moved back to Rhode Island and I started working my like adult job and you know started trying to set my life up and i learned a lot from them and um it was kind of a cool kind of culmination of that process to be able to see them all live i had seen them all solo separately uh at least once i'd seen julian twice but to see them all on the stage together was really really cool um and it was the first show i think since my last pearl jam show in 2018 with you where you know you walk into the pit and everybody knows every single word to every single song. And it was just, I was watching it, listening to the music. And then at, at points I would just stop listening to the music and like the artists on stage and just listen to everyone around me. I'm like, this is really fucking cool um, that someone was able to make something powerful enough that so many people identify with it and dig it, that they're just screaming at the top of their lungs. Like I, I thought that was really cool. Um, so my song of the week is going to come from Boy Genius. Um, I'm going to pick Me and My Dog, which was from their 2018 EP. Um, really, really good song. It's so good live because in the studio version, um, kind of at the end, um, on the studio version, they kind of mute Phoebe's part where she just like belts out and I dream about it, but live, like she just, she just leans into it and just lets it rip. Um, and it was so cool because like she was letting it rip and like everybody else in the crowd was letting it rip. And it was, it was just a really powerful moment. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those reasons in a nutshell, like why we are drawn uh, why we're drawn to music it's fun to kind of release those those big noises and those big emotions yeah. at times so i was really really stoked that i got to see them i bought a shirt i had to uh, i look forward to wearing that uh and wearing that out over the next months and years yeah it's like in dead poet society when robin williams says to let out a yelp and exactly that's, like, that's them standing on top of the desk yeah, giving man. their best yelp that's what that's it's all awesome. about. Yeah, I, I knew you loved that concert. Was looking forward to it, so I'm yeah. glad that it lived up to it. It was really cool. Awesome. Um, so for my song of the week, I um, 
I had sent my boss a song. I was like, hey, man, I'm not coming into work. Sorry, but here's a song you should listen to, basically. <laughs> you know, I was like, sorry, sorry, I can't work. I hope this you know, makes up for it. He's like, no problem. Here's, an, here's one for you. And so it's a, it's a band called Dury, and uh, they're pretty new. They only have a few, like, a few singles out and some stuff, and the song is called Who's Laughing Now? And uh, it's pretty good. It's right in the vein of like PD and, and kind of like Wonder Years type so you're gonna like it when you listen to it for sure, oh, yeah. and uh, but I'll, I'll and it, and it fits like with kind of that what we were talking about in the first first little bit, and I'll just read the first verse. It says, "My mom always said I would regret it if I ever get a tattoo. She said I'd I'd never get a job like I ever wanted one. With that attitude, my dad said I need to learn stick sh- uh, learn to drive a stick shift, but every van I have had has automatic." My friends said someday I would make it big, but I'm still living in my basement. I'm just as broke as the day I was born, but I still make it work just like everybody else. It's all just a cool, cruel joke, and everybody knows there's no way out. Well, who's laughing now? And it's like a big, big song, fun, and uh, you're gonna like it. Dirty. Who's I, laughing I, now? I fucking love that. Like I, <laughs> you reading that, like I just got chills. Like that is. Yeah. That's exact. That's the perfect song of the week for this episode that we that we that we just had. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely! Amazing. I, I, yeah, dude, that's it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, my friend said someday I would make it big, but I'm still living in the basement. I love that. Oh that's man, so that's awesome. so that's a good one. So two great songs. I hope yeah. it's a good episode. And uh, yeah, that's all yeah, I got, man. Chris. So you said it's kind of it's kind of like a PD thing, almost like it's kind of like a PD. Yeah, and it's, I'll, and it's I'll, worth I'll mentioning. Uh, PD just announced uh, a new single is coming out July seventh. It's called "I'll Wait." Uh, and if all mm. if all goes well, hopefully we will have some more information on that uh, in the coming weeks here on the podcast. But um, man, oh, I yeah. can't wait! Li- I can't wait to listen to that song. Your song. I can't like, either. I'm, I'm pulling it up right after this too. Yeah, me too. I'm really I'm really jack jacked up about that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again for listening. Please consider becoming a Patreon supporter and sh- uh, shelling out some cash to help support all the stuff that we need to buy. And uh, if not, leave a review. And if not, just come back next week. And if not, well, this isn't for you. Yeah. We'll be here. It's up to you if you (laughs) will be. Yeah, that's right. We will be here. Keep chugging them out. We're like the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week diner. Like, we're the the guys working the counter. Like, we're always there. And, like, some of the regulars, they're always here. Some people drop in for a little bit. But, you know, we don't hold grudges. You know, if you drop off a little bit, you know, you're always welcome back. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but you can always be, come back. Yeah, man. All right, Chris. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Love you, everybody out there. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, everyone. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Take care. Peace. Peace.